I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today in history in 1952, Elizabeth II, who celebrated her golden jubilee in 2002, ascended the throne of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland on this day, following the death of her father, King George VI. Welcome to What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. And listen right here, it's plain to see I'm the mad motherfucker called Zachary. That's Mr. Zachary. Holy shit. I didn't come up with a rhyme. Um, my na- <laughs> it needs to be noted that I hated that. <laughs> Uh, It'll all make sense later. I'm not going to hate it. I know, but okay. I hate uh, it. My, my name's Megan, um, and I didn't come up with a rhyme, but I'm going to teach you guys about viruses tonight. It's going to be fun. And I'm Matt. Today I learned that the best way to get guests on your podcast is to let Zach do all the heavy lifting. <laughs> so I would like to formally introduce... Jake and Nate from the Historical Blunders podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to here. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Excited to be here. I'm Jake and I like to bake. We're excited to have you. You like to bake? (laughs) Say say that again? I'm Jake and I like to bake. Oh, yeah. Trying to rhyme. Come on, guys. (laughs) Oh, he's trying to fit in with Zach. Got it. Damn it. (laughs) Got it, got it, got it. I don't... Excellent. I, I don't want to ride with rhyme. Nate because I feel like it might get a little no. out of hand. <laughs> hey, man. It could. It could. Or it could be great. That's true. <laughs> All right. Stop. I'm the I want poet this to laureate stop. of this fucking podcast. <laughs> Deal with it. That's, no, I that's want strike this. one. Zach? Zach, you're going to get. Yeah, you get a strike. <laughs> it's a, I'll take it's it. over. The, the game is over. <laughs> The game is over. Oh, um, I done got got. <laughs> so, Jake and Nate, because you are guests on this podcast, I'm going to give you a little bit of time to talk about who you are and what you do and what your podcast's all yep, about. So, like you said, we're from the show uh, Historical Blunders Podcast. Uh, we focus to provide a research discussion on a topic that you may have been interested in or heard of but never taken the time to dive into. It's kind of like... A uh, guilty pleasure for history buffs, I think. Uh, we believe that you can get valuable knowledge while feeling like you just caught up with your buddy at the bar. So if that sounds like it's up your alley, then check us out. Yeah, we do uh, do enjoy our, our drinks while we're talking our history. Yeah, you can hear Nate's uh, ice glass Excellent. chinking around. Yeah, it's kind of oh, our third, cool. uh, third character on our show. <laughs> but yeah, we're having a lot of fun. With it's your glass yeah, of ice. Today I am drinking a beer because I didn't want to be rude and have my glass of ice tinking on your show. Fair enough. Uh, Clip it, right. rip it, and rip it, rip it, rip it. Uh. Um, we've come to the part of the podcast where I do the other thing that I do every week. Uh-huh. Uh, 
All right, listeners, we have set our strikes to zero, except for Zach, who just earned himself one. Uh, yeah, boy. That's true. <laughs> for Jake and Nate, uh, I don't know how much of our podcast you've listened to, but strikes are awarded for jokes that are considered bad. Um, and much like the point system on whose line is it anyway, uh, it's completely arbitrary and we I'm make so it up as we go. Yeah, and it's like Jake's going to end up with a lot of strikes. <laughs> <laughs> If, if you get to three strikes, you can't talk oh. for the rest of the podcast, but that's only ever happened uh, three times, or once? two times in the history two of our times. podcast. Two times, so. yeah. Soon to be four. <laughs> Almost 100 uh, episodes in, and it's only been happened twice. Yeah, yeah. We played an, imag- an imaginary game of rock, paper, scissors, and the order for tonight is me, followed by Megan, followed by Zach. So Let's do this. So that's gonna All right, you get into it. Get after her. Fucking get after her. Get her please. done. I need to turn my headphones up a little bit. Either that or I just okay. need, I probably fucked my slider actually. I did. <laughs> I did do that. My slider got hit and the sound coming out of my headphones was way quieter. Okay. Um anyways, comparatively, uh, for this podcast, the story I'm about to tell might as well be a current event. Uh, because it took place in 2004. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Practically yesterday. Practically yesterday. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was nine years old. <laughs> I was you were nine. N- you were nine in 2004? I was born in 95. Christ alive. <laughs> yeah, he is a baby, actually. I'm he the wee yeah, baby. Well, You're such a chair. Do you even like? I am the almost. Do you even remember 9/11? Yeah. Do you remember 9/11? Do you? Yeah, I do remember 9/11. I was in Catholic school. I have a lot of stuff I remember about that time that I try to regroup for us. (laughs) He was actively being beaten by a nun. It was his fault. Um. Okay. So that's true. (laughs) 9/11 or the beating by a nun. Both. That just recalled me to the memory of James like three weeks ago. Bush did do 9-11. While we're all trying to take a picture together. Anyways, so as I mentioned, the story takes place in the year of our Lord 2004. I'm going to describe the run-up to the story, but the subject of our story is a man by the name of Marvin Hemeyer. Um, okay. I called him a gentleman in my notes, and then I, I've I've stricken that line uh, because he most certainly was <laughs> he not. Said Heatmeister. All right, uh, I, I mean, that's a Christmas movie. Huh? <laughs> Heatmeister. <laughs> no, no, he's not uh, the Heatmeister. He well, might be. <laughs> mm, he mm, might, well. could be. Um. So, I'll let you guys decide. I guess by the end of this, if he's a gentleman or not, but. Uh, he lived, Marvin lived in the town of Granby, Colorado. Okay. And for years, he had been a welder. Um, and in 1992, he decides to purchase a plot of land. And his original intention with the purchasing of the land is that he's going to lease it to a friend of his so that they can have, like, an auto body shop on the land. Um, But he ends up in sort of, like, a bunch of legal 
disputes with the town because of the sewage system. How innocent. <laughs> and so enough time passes that in 1993 he decides uh, that he's just going to build his own shop on the land. And he ends up opening a uh, muffler <laughs> repair business on the property that he purchased. Good for him. Yeah, no, great yeah. for him. Uh, America is the economy of America is built on the backbone of small businesses, mm. according to every politician I ever listened to. <laughs> every senator that's ever been bought. Um, every senator every is just like it's built on their bought. backs. So uh, every senator has ever been bought. So he opens this uh, muffler repair business. And as I mentioned, uh, he had been in dispute with the town because the sewage system was not a septic tank and it did not run to any sewer line that actually existed in the town. Um, so he goes like back and forth with the town and he's like, you guys need to pay to get it onto a sewage line. Like you guys need to run sewer to the building. And they're like, we're absolutely not doing that. You need to pay for a septic tank. And he's like, well, I'm absolutely not doing that. Yeah. Um, like, if you're going <laughs> to, You'd be a pain in my ass yeah. that there's no sewer yeah, line then really put in the fucking sewer they, line. Uh, <laughs> right. Like they were giving him the septic tank as a cheaper option to running the sewage. And he was like, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> exactly. You no, know, I have money, but I just... He's like, no, I can't. <laughs> I can't do that. Um... <laughs> I just I mean, bought honestly, property, though, but I'm not like, spending any more. relatable. I also like, I just don't want to do it. I also didn't see how much yes. it cost for him to, like, build I, yeah. his building overall, but, like, a, I, I assume it was a chunk of change. Mm. So, like, updating the sewer system, which, mind you, was just an empty drum of a uh, concrete <laughs> mixer. We're just gonna put a hole in there the ground. It was yeah. It was essentially a uh, very. Like, it's essentially what tank. happened. <laughs> Not code um, at all. <laughs> it was mm. a yeah. Absolutely yeah. not. Uh, so the the proposal from the city would have cost him double apparently what he paid for the property, which was forty two thousand. Uh, but. He ends up not going with any of these options. I forgot for a minute that it was 2004, and I was like, holy it was like shit, Mountain he bought property, property for $42,000? I know, right? Nice I property. was like, oh, it was a different time. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it's nice. It's, it's in Colorado, nice so it's like, land. it's pretty. It was a different time. He was nice um, land so Marvin had a muffler shop. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> <laughs> he sure did. The American dream. The American dream. They paved paradise <laughs> and they put up a parking lot. Um, and that's all we can sing of that song before, you know, we get stabbed to death. Uh, so Marvin had bought that's this true. property from a family called the uh, Dochefs, uh, who had owned several other properties in the surrounding area. Um, and so he... He buys the property from them. But uh, in 1997, the Doshev family decided they wanted to build a concrete plant so that they could 
you know, get money. Um, and they wanted to build it on the remaining land, but when they approached the town about it, the town recommended that they ask Marvin to sell his land so they could avoid building the plant near any uh, major highways. And essentially, they didn't have to fuck with, you know, the restaurants and the hotels that are on the main strip. <clears throat> um, so the Doshefs go to Marvin, and they ask him to sell the land, or the, they ask to buy the land that he's living on. Um, and he quotes them a price of $250,000. And then, sometime in the negotiation process... He tells them that he got the land reappraised and he asks for more money. So the Doshef family comes back with an offer of $350,000. And Marvin again tells them that he had the land reappraised and now he wants $450,000. Maybe he's a genius. (laughs) Maybe he's a genius. Maybe this is how how real estate negotiation works. Honestly, like, what? what's to stop them? Yeah. Well, we never will in this economy, but, like, maybe, like, if I was rich, all I would have to do is be like, oh, well, I got it reappraised again, and they, they'd be like, oh, I can't, I can't doubt you. I can't I dispute didn't get that. It appraised. Yeah. Well, they, I can't dispute like this. You should be able to yeah. see the appraisal. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And not only that, but I don't know. I, I mean, hey, I understand that property right now it gets sky high real quick, but I don't think it goes up a hundred thousand dollars in two days. Like, <laughs> that's a little well, ridiculous. Zach, the problem, Zach, you haven't been on Zillow <laughs> yeah, lately. Probably. Like, he found oil in his septic tank. You've never seen the price drop. Um. It also wasn't mentioned how long these negotiations went on for, but I could assume that it's a few months to maybe a few years because the next action in this is in 2001. But I don't know when all the negotiations for this ended up petering out um, because that's not super clear. It just, they mentioned, or my research mentioned that at him coming back with 450000 as an estimate, they said, we're not fucking doing this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Doshev family walks away. And what they end up doing, because they don't want to... They don't want to give up on their Beautiful dream, dream. <laughs> of a concrete batch plant. <laughs> so they end up buying the lot. <laughs> their beautiful dream. They end up buying the lot across the street from Marvin... Um, and Marvin, it's important to note, had tried to buy that land, uh, in years previous, but had failed to do so. So when the Doshev family buys, I also don't know if I'm pronouncing their last name correctly and I don't fucking care. Um, come at me in the comments if you need to, but I'm not changing it. The family should come at us. It could be, it could be French (laughs) for all I know. Uh. It, it's, it's <laughs> you're correcting me now won't yeah. have any impact on how I say it. <laughs> We're being honest, um, but so, anyways, uh, Marvin then begins to negotiate with the family, saying that he'd move to the lot that they had 
purchased, the one across from the plot that he was currently living in, yeah. or uh, working in, rather. He wasn't living there yet. Um, but they would have to construct him a property in order for him to move across the street and for them to obtain the land that he had been on. And they were like, we're not fucking doing that, bud. <laughs> Um, I'll move so, if you build me a house. <laughs> ba- it's basically just like I want my building over on that <laughs> side of the street, and Mexico's gonna pay. F- Wait a minute, we're not talking about the border wall. <laughs> um, so, so, anyways, he did ask them to rebuild his establishment on the other side. Like, I keep saying the other side of the street, and it is essentially what goes on. But like, he asks them to build him a building, and they say no. Uh, So, again, the negotiations between the two entities sort of fall apart. Um, In the next few years, Marvin uh, starts to try and make lawsuits and such that will prevent the building of this construction plant, or the concrete plant, rather. Um, so he starts asking for petitions from locals. He starts citing environmental hazards. Um, and he gets a lot of support from other, uh, townsfolk, but after years and years of no progress stopping this or like lawsuits going and then being thrown out and so on and so forth, opposition, against the concrete plant starts to dwindle and he starts having no support from the townspeople. Um, and then in 2001, the uh, <laughs> concrete drum that holds all of Marvin's shit uh, the shedders. Oh, fall. I forgot about the. the How did you forget about the concrete shitstorm? <laughs> if, if yeah, sorry, no. Yeah, just put it in the middle of the Shitters full. <laughs> this is arguably my favorite fucking meme from the internet. Is that little kid with the marker all over their face that says "shitters clogged"? <laughs> uh, yeah, like out there. Christmas vacation. Oh yeah. Or he's emptying it up the, the street. <laughs> shitters clean. Yeah. So he uh, he runs into a problem with this because his shitter does get full, and he is caught Damn. by the town, Tragic. essentially emptying it with a gas pump into like an irrigation ditch hey. that's near nearby his property. Pump. So he gets caught. That, like, he he gets caught doing that. What's up? Oh, he gets. He gets caught with his gas pump of shit. Yeah, shit he gets pump? caught with his shit pump. Um, oh, crazy. I, you know, who would have thought you would have gotten caught doing an environmental terrorist attack? Yeah. So, essentially, the town uh, condemns his building until he gets his sewage system up to date. Mm-hmm. Uh tells him that he can't get can't use the building until he gets the problem fixed um and in these court proceedings which are brought against him marvin declares that he's just gonna bulldoze the whole area (laughs) um so in 2002 (laughs) he is probably bluffing 
uh, <clears throat> you'd think. But in 2002, Marvin goes to California to buy himself a bulldozer at auction. He bought it for $16,000, and as soon as he got it back to Granby, Colorado, he tried to auction it off. Um, he didn't actually try to auction it off. He, he put a for sale well, sign on of, it uh, you know, and just left it like, parked in front it. of his business. Um, yeah, no, guys, I'm trying to sell it. Yeah. Uh, I don't want yeah. this. I don't want it. I bought it, but I wasn't but I serious. Really want it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. I didn't mean it. I wasn't going to keep it. So, um, he ends up having to close his business. Uh, I don't know how you can't support yourself when you run a muffler welding business, but, uh, he sells most of his inventory, like most of the things that he had in his shop. But the one thing that he doesn't sell is the bulldozer. Mm. And when that doesn't sell, he does what every rational man does. Yep. He takes it as a sign from God that he needs to yep, fucking <laughs> turn it into a weapon of mass destruction. That's true. <laughs> We're on a mission from God. We're on a mission from God. So, um, oh. I just want to mention, because I did call Martin a gentleman in my notes, um, and while I've retracted that, I just want to let the audience know, playing devil's advocate, uh, most of the people that interacted with Marvin thought that he was a mild-mannered individual and he was very affable. But he was, you know, he was a logical man. He was a good person. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what's crazy uh, is I uh, I listened to an interview with uh, decide one of the cops decide for yourself. With um, he, and he was and he was like, oh yeah, like he did work for everybody in the town. Oh, yeah. He was really mild mannered and all this. I'm like, eh. and honestly, <laughs> and with then how much work he put into that thing, bulldozer like, into a tank. When I first saw like pictures of it, I was like, man, that's a really like caveman-y looking. Mm. Yeah. There was cameras, there was an air system to keep it dust from the cameras. Like, yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. Fairly premeditated. Yep. Yeah. I know. I'll get... I'll get into... I'll get into all that in a minute here. <laughs> We're gonna drop um, the specs later. <laughs> before... Before he does any of that with a bulldozer, he ends up selling the plot of land that he had been on for $400,000. But... Uh, he leases half of the building from the new owners so that he can, quote, finish some work. So what Marvin ends up doing is he walls off, like, half of his old shop, builds basically, like, a little house for himself in there, and he just goes to town constructing... The Killdozer is what it's affectionately been called. Um, so he outfits the bulldozer for war. And uh, as we've mentioned, it's covered in cameras so that he can see out. Uh, it's covered in concrete armor plating so that he can't get shot. He had... Yeah, you had, uh, uh, I think he had his own weaponry on it. on it, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, that was the 50 but, cal. I think was on the front, and there was a, another larger yeah, yeah. weapon Holy on the back. Holy shit! 
Yeah. Yeah. He had three gun ports for a 50 50 caliber rifle. He was uh, was stacked on it. Semi-automatic rifle and a 22 caliber rifle. Um... He was he he did crazy crazy work and he worked on it for a year and a half and what's wild mm-hmm. is that like um he wrote a bunch of notes on how uh on how he had planned to do this and all this other shit and in his notes he had written um it's interesting to observe that I was never caught He said this was a part-time project over a year and a half period, and he was surprised that people who had visited him in the shed that he had constructed for himself had not noticed the bulldozer. Um, And people, like, he mentioned it to people and nobody put up any red flags, so he was surprised that uh, nobody had caught him or stopped him before. Now, now Matt, I do have one very important question. Sure, 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 sure. You say his notes. Now, do you mean notes or do you mean a manifesto? Because, I mean, let's be real here. Yes, sir. Yes, absolutely. Okay. It's both those things. Okay. Because they do, I mean, after, after the events take place, they find, like, his whole written document about like he'd been planning this for a while. If you didn't think building say, a, a fucking tank a half, was like, premeditated, oh, yeah, no, I, didn't. <laughs> I can't even go to the gym uh, regularly. No, I didn't. Weeks. Yeah, yet alone build a yeah. tank for a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Dedication to the bit. So yeah. he um on on July fourth of two thousand and four. Uh, Marvin He Meyer takes his killdozer out into the streets of Granby and begins a path of destruction that starts at the concrete plant that was built across the street uh, by Enemy the number one by the dough chefs. And uh, he moves he moves all around. He goes to downtown. Uh, he goes to a local bank. Um, taking it on a tour. Yeah, he's just you know he's taking it for a spin. Uh, it's important. It it's important to note that the the police. Well, actually, um, one of the dough chefs that was out thought it was being remote controlled, so he tried to like jump on it and stop the thing from moving. Obviously, to no avail because uh, Marvin was inside. Um, but everyone. Everyone pretty much tried to stop this thing by breaking treads and all the other shit. It got shot by over 200 rounds uh, from police. Had no effect. It There were three um, explosions external to the bulldozer that did not slow it down in any way. Uh there is a report that yeah, government officials I were thinking that. about it was, hitting it, it was with a, a an Apache missile or a two man uh, um, yeah or a two man crew with an anti tank missile. Yeah, they're like, gonna get an Apache helicopter. <laughs> Holy shit! So that uh, many that's an anti tank <laughs> rifle. 
Three of the town officials say yeah, what that have that I done with my life? never <laughs> happened, but obviously I, not gotten I, a, I think it would Apache be pretty baller if they you. tried. <laughs> that, I think about that all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just think you're not truly living if the American government is not sending Apache I mean, yeah. attack helicopters. If the American government isn't trying What's to the hunt point you of down life? with an Apache helicopter. If they're not actively trying to kill you, then I feel like you're not you guys truly really living. Like Alex Jones. What's the point? What are you doing? What's on your resume? Um, so anyways. <laughs> they're turning the friggin' frogs gay. Um so anyways, he goes on a rampage through uh, through Granby. He hits Town Hall. Most of the places that he's, like, turning uh, the tank towards get warned of his approach, and they are able to uh, evacuate before he shows up. Uh, he ends up completely destroying Town Hall. Uh, but other locations, um, Sky High Newspaper... Uh, Gamble's General Store, Maple Street Builders, Mountain Parks Electric Co., Liberty Savings Bank, who apparently there was somebody working in the bank who had, like, spoken in opposition to him. Um, but where his little rampage, his little ride-around uh, ends is actually in Gamble's General Store because... There was a basement that Marvin either wasn't aware of or had not planned for adequately. And what happens when he drives the killdozer into the store is that it ends up falling into uh, the basement and he can't get the killdozer yeah. out and of it. Just another thing about killing himself. He's uh, a he killed himself. He can't win them all. He was what? planning what? on right. not coming out of there. You want to make sure there was no Holy percentage shit. of him living. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it was a I mean, well, yeah, thing. but I also think he probably meant for it to be a last stand. Yeah. Yeah. Um because yeah. uh when they cracked it open the next day, mind you, because they thought he had built in all these traps to the thing, so they were, like, very reticent to, like, take all of the armor plating off, thinking that it was just going to blow up in their faces. So it took them a full day I'd to get into too. it. Um, but, yeah. but he had uh, outfitted or he had prepped, like, a week's worth of food supplies. So he had been hoping to go on this rampage for at least a week. Jeez. Um, but... All told, at the end of uh, at the end of the day, his attack lasted for just over two hours. Um, he had managed to damage thirteen buildings, and as I mentioned, he had destroyed town hall. Uh, he racked up a seven million dollar repair charge, um, and you know, as as I mentioned, he did uh, He did end up killing himself. Yeah, and then when recordings. they searched his home later, they found recordings. They found paper notes. They found, yeah, like, just pretty much everything. Um, you know, him just saying, like, God had built him for this job, that it was God's plan. Uh, that he... 
you know. Did he get it from the Kildos? Um, that he do all this, so. Yeah, 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 God's plan. <laughs> but, and that's yeah, as much as we can sing crazy. of that song before Drake kills us. So. <laughs> I think I Drake probably that, like, got it from Martin, or like, uh, Marvin Niemeyer, nice to be honest. Guy. Gotta love those interviews, yeah. like your crazy shit. Never he sounds crazy. It. Yeah. Yeah. I know, that's so crazy. See, here's here's yeah, my thing. We had no idea he that, was capable yeah, of it. Yeah, no idea. Um, he was such a nice guy. Such a... <laughs> um, who, who in your life is capable of building this... a tank? <laughs> this won't come as a big surprise to my, uh, my, my two fellow uh, podcasters that I'm yeah. with on a weekly basis here. Um, you know my feelings of fuck the government. But yes. if everyone is giving you the opportunity to say, hey, here's a fix for your problem, and you keep going, no, I want it done my way. Well, <laughs> that's not going to work. And then yeah. as soon as you get evangelical on me, I'm out. I'm d- I'm, I tapped out. It's, <laughs> you uh, it's no. important to note as well. The company that built, or the company that bought the land from him, <laughs> mm-hmm. fixed yeah. the sewage problem the same day. <laughs> yeah, the company, that, the company that hard bought problem. his land, fixed the sewage issue. Yeah, so like the same day yeah, that like they acquired the shit. property. Yeah, but. In his own words, <laughs> fucking, he says, God asked me to do this. It's a cross that I am going to carry, and I'm carrying it in God's name. And that's all I got to say about that. Not a gentleman. Not a vibe. So I don't know if Not you guys a, know this, He's brought hateration to, <laughs> to this dancery. They recently purchased yeah. Arlington Heights property. Uh, and now the city says that it's worth a lot more money. Which, man, that sounds like something. Oh. So I was going to say, if it, <laughs> if history is uh-huh. a circle, then the bears are going to build They're going to build a, the, a, a, build a giant bulldozer. So Look might be out. For the better. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> keep checking the news. Oh, no. Yeah, wild yeah. thing, though, that no one died <laughs> except for him. Uh, oh. So anyways. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's I know, that so is actually crazy. The, the fun thing about it is that, like, there were a ton of people that were defending him. Because, like I said, most people liked the guy. But he they tried. were all, he like... He just failed. Isn't it great yeah. that he didn't try and hurt anybody? And... Well, yeah, exactly. He did try. <laughs> like, that's, he yeah, was in a bulldozer, the and the fact of the, of the matter is it goes five miles per hour. That's why it lasted two hours, because it took him 45 like, that's minutes That's really to get what from did it for place. him. Yeah, the, uh, I, I, <laughs> one of, sounds like me. Because <laughs> it <laughs> built for power, <laughs> not for speed. Somebody, somebody had said that uh, yeah. if he really <laughs> didn't want to hurt anybody, he would have perpetrated these acts on a weekend when nobody yeah. would have been in those in those buildings. So that's a good point. So, anyways, <laughs> but that's that's the end of my story there. And you're sticking to it. All right. And I am sticking to it, you're, but now I'm going to do the part where I have to read a thing. Mm. Oh, yeah. A thing. Not actually, I'm not actually reading a thing. I'm just telling a story. But um, our podcast for this little bit has been uh, 
blessed with a sponsorship by a company called Magic Mind, which is a little, uh, little health shot, little, little health shot that's supposed to give you a boost to energy through the day. I have been, uh, I've been taking the shots for about a week. Um, I was kind of fucking around with, uh, taking them in the morning or taking them in the afternoon because much like anybody else, I get that, I hit that afternoon wall of like, well, I've done enough for today. Um, taking them in the afternoon definitely gave me enough energy to finish out the rest of my day, which was really nice. Um, taking them in the morning definitely helped me sort of get out of that, you know, the morning fog, so to speak, where it's like, I'm awake, but at what cost? Uh, so, <laughs> I, um, you know, I've, I've really been enjoying my time with it. Uh, it has uh, cordyceps mushrooms in it, so I'm really looking forward to getting Last of Us. When, uh, when mushrooms, you know, gain sentience and control my body. Um... <laughs> I mean, so... But, like, in a healthy way. Huh? But, yeah, no, in a healthy way for sure. But, like, in the best way possible. In the, in the best way possible. What's uh, what's really nice about uh, Magic Mind, though, is that I've had a number of health shots in the past. And, like, I'm sure we've all seen depictions of health shots in media where it's like, it's gross. Uh, it definitely has an earthy taste, but it's honestly not bad. Um, I like it. I like it more than other health shots I've had. Uh, it also replaces me having to drink coffee, which I don't typically do. But like on those nights where you get a bad night's sleep and you wake up and you're just like, I need a coffee. I just take one of these little health shots and it, it does the trick. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's... It's been good for me. Um, unfortunately, we are in the month of February now, and we do not have any beneficial uh, codes to give you guys for the product to be half off or whatever. But I would highly recommend it, and you should give it a try. And if yeah. you decide not to give it a try, I've done my due diligence anyways. We tried. We tried we really to tried. get you to try. I do want to note that, like, some of our um, Patreon subscribers who are in our Discord have been talking about, you know, our mentioning uh, the shots, and they said that they didn't go for the Pretty shots sure entirely, but have looked into yeah. some of the other supplemental be benefits, just, yeah. like the ashwagandha, which, by the way, is so much fun to say. Um, oh, yeah. But anyways, yeah, so if nothing else, we've got people looking into <laughs> the health benefits of this product, so... Yay, healthy. Thanks, Magic Mind, for giving me the energy to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sometimes anyways, you just that ended on it. a really sad Sometimes note. you just... I mean, it re like... I'm super sensitive to caffeine. Yeah. Um, Like, such to the point that I could drink a can of Pepsi, like, at 2 in the afternoon and I'd be up all night, which is wild. I've been like that my whole life. Which is Dang. typically why I don't drink coffee. Which is um, why it's weird for me because I drink like a pot a day and then go take a nap. 
Yeah, so, like, these things have really been kind of... And I don't feel jittery uh, like yeah. I do when I drink a, a... Well, not a pot of coffee, but, like, any time that I've had coffee, I, I sort of get shaky. These are kind of just, like, a nice little pick-me-up um, to start the day or in the middle of the day to get me through the rest of it, so... That's awesome. all I've got to say. There you go. Now I'm looking at the time we've been recording, so Megan, let's, uh, woo, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Brother, don't worry. I got you. We can get this story done. <laughs> the title, you've, you've heard of Epidemic. Now get ready for something you've never heard of, which is an Epizootic. Epizootic. Okay. Um, what the fuck? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Jack isn't tight. Uh, apologies for how many times I'm going to say that word because it's terrible. Um, so I think after the past few years, we've all become way too familiar with the words pandemic and epidemic. Uh, I know I hate them. And like, we're pretty hyper-focused on how germs spread and like who's sick and like the transmission of disease and how vaccines work in general. Like I've thought about it more than I ever thought I would, and I'm not getting paid to do that. Uh, so that being said, well, are any of you familiar with the word epizootic? No. Absolutely not. Fantastic. Um, so everyone who, I don't know, it I'm not in my making head up, that's why I sang Merriam it. Webster told me I wasn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> listen i had to go no, i had crazy. to go to Miriam herself and be like what the fuck is this so uh we're, we aren't alone um so for all of us who aren't familiar we'll with this word too, uh so, so if epidemics are like for people this is um for animals apparently when and it's oh. an epidemic of animals uh so it's the fun isn't just limited to humans yay for everyone so tonight <laughs> i'm going to talk about what became known as the epizootic uh, of 1872 and what it would uh, be like great. if the world suddenly lost all of its horsepower literally or during any um, games. yeah i couldn't use my car some truckers too i don't know yeah so we're gonna horse. take a journey we're gonna yeah. We couldn't you couldn't use your horse, you couldn't use your car. So we're going to take a journey of the mind right now. Um so let, let's let's just say you're you're getting ready for work. You go outside, you get in your car, <laughs> you turn the key, and all yeah, of a sudden it just won't start and you have no idea why and you bring it to a mechanic and they have no idea why and then you <laughs> bring it to another mechanic because getting a second opinion is is good. And the mechanic and they tells you that all the horses in your car died. Yeah, pretty much. Like they're just like, "Hey, I, I have a theory about why these horses are dead, but I don't, I don't fucking know why your car is not working." Um, and it's not just your car; it's it's every vehicle, ex excluding trains and ships, and everything is just down for the count. So essentially, civilization has slowed to a human-paced crawl, and we are very, very slow. Uh. We're not fast creatures. No. On our on our two little legs. Um and this is essentially what happened in late eighteen seventy two in North America. And it all started in Canada, so we can blame the Canadians for as usual. Uh 
It might be. Is it? Have, uh, <laughs> that seems like it might be. It is. No, you're good. <laughs> no, you're, you're right. You're also correct, apparently. You're right, Roll bro. Up. You're right. Nice. I mean, honestly, I think blaming Canada is a good scapegoat. They just, like, have nothing else going on, right? I mean, they have, you know, here's the thing. They will apologize. Yeah. There's, okay, because I didn't really (laughs) do a reel today, I learned. Uh, Today, all of you learned that there is a clause in Canadian law that says just because somebody apologized for something is not an admission of guilt. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking perfect. They had to build it into their legal system. They're so polite. Except for during World War One, we don't talk about what they did during World War One. Yeah, that's true. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Oh, yeah. We did talk about that whole fucking maple syrup heist, but that's a whole other thing. That's true. Listen, the only thing I know about Canada is that they write a lot of hockey-based smut. So, <laughs> that's that's what I know. They, Yeah, well, they just, like, they say write what you know, and that's what, that's they, what know. they know. So, that's what they know. Hockey and smut. It's cold up there for a long time, and you need to fill those hours. Uh, so, this all started in Canada. And it was in that year that all of the horses who hauled streetcars and fire engines and all local freight became inexplicably sick with influenza because horses apparently can, like, get that, too. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know that. I thought that was just, like, a human illness, but too bad for horses. They can have it. Now, at this point, you might be saying... But what about the steam engines? Like, what about, like, surely humanity did not grind to a halt because we had, like, this is during the Industrial Revolution. We're pretty far into it. We have other means of getting around. And to that, I say, well, trains don't come right to your fucking front door. No. And nor do ships. (laughs) Like, unless you live on Martha's Vineyard. Steam. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) <laughs> we not yet that came later um that was a that was a pre premier vanderbilt uh express you know like it came through his house in newport rhode island <laughs> so uh people still needed to like a way to get 
things and people across cities and counties. And while people could walk, they were obviously way slower than a grass engine where grass goes in and fast comes out. Now, most horses didn't outright die of the horse disease, which was actually what it was called at that time, but they were out of commission. And just like if a human has the flu, all they kind of needed was rest um, and a few weeks of it at that. But no one who owned horses was kind of like willing to give their animal that rest, especially when capitalism was sort of like resting on the haunches, literally, of these animals. Um, Are you saying that the horses are an allegory for the working class in America? Yes. <laughs> Man, it's, it's almost like there's a book about that called, called Animal Farm. Yeah. A little on the nose. But. It's a little on the nose. I didn't make the story up, all right? Fair. Damn like, you, history for being it so is. blunt. Damn you, history. Mine is a flat circle. So, yeah. Uh, if the horses didn't die of influenza, they actually ended up just dying of other infectious diseases that, you know, took their their chance, you know, at opportunity. Like, your immune system is laid low, and so you end up kind of, like, dying of pneumonia or, like, other stable diseases. And mortality at this point was, like, wavering a lot among the horses. And in some areas, it was as low as 1% and as high as 10%. Uh, And like I said, the real kicker was capitalism. And it wasn't just working horses either. I know we just said it was an allegory for the working class, but rich-ass horses like Cornelius Vanderbilt's prize horse, which was named Mountain Boy, (laughs) was worth half a million dollars in today's money, died of pneumonia after being wrecked by influenza. So rest in peace, Mountain Boy. Rest in peace, Riptide. Rest in peace, Boy. Listen, he he was a... He's worth a lot of money. That's an expensive-ass horse. That's a, <laughs> but was he anything like uh, Incitatus? Was he a consul uh, for the, uh, oh, for the um, Roman government? Greek government. He, he was not trusted uh. with the running of <laughs> Rhode Island's <laughs> government. But <laughs> Fair enough. I'm sure it wouldn't have been a detriment to that state based uh, on everything I've heard. Yeah, it's the, I mean, realistically, it is the smallest state and so it's smallest con- consequences. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's actually how it works. The smaller the place. Works, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, uh, so to give a sense of like the scale of how infectious this disease was in new york city there were fourteen thousand horses employed to haul everything and all of that stopped like yeah that's a lot of movement that's just been halted that's true and when it came to vets um they were idiot horse mechanics (laughs) they were like i'm just very confused do you think the air or like the earth is giving off weird energies um, that are poisonous to gas, to like, to horses, I don't know. And treatments were equally as ineffective, like they used bleeding or good old arsenic, and Mm. when all that was needed was a little (laughs) R&R. When you just need Uh, R&R and all you get is arsenic. (laughs) Arsenic. (laughs) 
That was actually a pretty good one. Yeah. I think so. That's that's the third secret R. Uh, so there were groups who advocated for the horses, such as the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. And in New York, this group had the ability to intervene in the abuse of working horses, uh, which the streetcar owners hated. Uh, they they tried to injunction the head of the organization, but surprisingly, they failed. And I say surprisingly because there were lo- no laws in 1872. So it, w- it was surprising that the, the horses um, had anyone to even stand up for them. And more than the abuse of, of the animals, uh, people were, like, very worried in particular about the fire department because fire wagons were pulled by a lot of horses (laughs) and only two of New York's fire horses out of the 144 were spared influenza. And in Boston, only three out of 85. Like, the odds weren't good. And... It wasn't that, like, fire departments were being mean to the animals, either. They actually took really good care of them. The problem was that it took weeks, like I said, and fires don't wait around. No. Uh, So people... No, they don't. Fires aren't polite. Um, No, they're rude, actually. Uh, So people were like, how do we solve this problem? And they're like, there's only one solution, we pull the fire wagons <laughs> and it just <laughs> yeah just like 10 guys strapped to a wagon like hauling water yeah. makes me think of the spongebob uh, episode where they're pushing the city push push <laughs> push i imagine it was kind of like exactly like that um I'd also like to imagine that, like, you know how they have the sexy fireman calendars? Yes. Now? Don't get too I'd excited like there. to imagine that this... I know you, you're like, yes, of course I've seen the firefighter calendars. Uh, I'd like to imagine that the calendars for 1872, or 1873, um, had pictures of, like, these sweaty, old-timey firemen, like... Maybe that's where they got the, the idea wagons. From. They got so jacked oh. from pulling the wagons, they're like, we need pictures. We need pictures. And they're like, hey, I know that, like, a fire is burning, but can you stand still for <laughs> ten minutes while we take this derogatype? <laughs> can you can you do that? Is that, do we have enough time? It's already burned down. At that point, yeah. Uh so, at that point, it's fine. Uh, Boston really got hit that year, apparently. There was, like, a giant fire that burned down, like, acres of the city. Um, so, by the following spring, the epizootic had passed. Uh, Mexico had helped in the meantime by sending us up live horses. Uh, so, we didn't want to build the wall back then. Oh. And, yeah, <clears throat> we were like, how are the horses going to get through the wall? We'll, we'll wait. Um... Hey guys, you ever been podcasting America. for three years and realized that you didn't fucking unmute your mic? Oh. 
Sorry. It was awfully quiet over there. <laughs> I've been like laughing along and making little quips. Uh, my mic was muted for. Oh, yeah. We'll never know. <laughs> the world may we'll never, never know. know. The world, well, you know now. So. Well, we know now. But to my, gra- to my great my shame. My great shame. But yeah, so that was the Epizootic, and uh, I don't think it was a coincidence that like 20 years later, like the Boston Tea and the New York subway system actually like went into effect. Yeah, like they built it. We had a problem. And they're like never again. They all have like yeah. (laughs) They got like PTSD. Except those were also pulled by horses. Oh yeah, underground horses. Underground horses. (laughs) Oh, yeah, uh, they're very geez. rare. You so like a weird cover band. <laughs> underground, underground horses. It's yeah. a good cover band name. I think we'll. I think we'll. Play that is a good cover band. <laughs> Secret tunnel. Secret and that's tunnel. That's as much as we yeah. can sing of that sing song that. before <laughs> the Avatar that's kills what, us. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we're doing tonight. We're just bits and pieces. Um, bits and pieces of songs. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead, Zach. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to steal the microphone and... Uh, you yeah, don't please. have to. She just gave it to you. I know, but... I did give it to you. I want to steal something. Let me have this. <laughs> All right. Go okay, ahead. please. I'm you not looking. Silly geese. <laughs> so, uh, if you didn't get it from my intro, um, Staggerly is a song oh. covered by many artists, oh. a story, and something it's not, of a It's myth. not a person. So... Staggerly is a person. Oh, okay. See, when I did our when I did our little video today, I said it might be a Pokemon because it's not. <laughs> Damn it! So, which so, Pokemon would it be? I mean, probably an evolution of Hitmonlee, if I had to guess. That's that's pretty good. I'd say Mr. Mine. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, sure. Why not? As a person Fair who's enough. never played Pokemon, I'm just gonna go with whatever you say. Oh, oh, yeah, me man. neither. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Subtle. I, my, my friend uh, just sent me a Nintendo Switch because he had an extra. I don't know how that happened, but sure, he's yeah, like, I wish do you I want had it? Friends. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. Uh, what my, kind of friends My friend you got? sent me a Nintendo Switch, so I'm for the first time having a Nintendo experience at the age of 28. So, Dude. <laughs> and this Switch is the best way to start. Holy I yeah. Shit. So this is the first time I'm ever playing Nintendo stuff. So imagine if you just got like an original Pokemon. Game Boy though. Oh hell oh, yeah! Give him the gray brick. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Plays yellow version at night sometimes. I'm like I'm so jealous. <laughs> you know? It's a Pokemon game. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. It's <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Zach, for the uninitiated. So learn. Staggerly is, as I said, a song that has been covered by many artists. It's a, a mythal, myth that has been perpetrated throughout the United States, um, and all of it is steeped in actual events. And while this is technically a Christmas story, having taken place on December 24th, 1895, there is nothing holly or jolly about this tale. Um, I personally know of this tale or the the song at least uh because nick cave and the bad seeds sings a version of this song that is extremely graphic um in fact it is so disturbing and graphic of a song that i used to play it at closing time every night that i worked at a bar um because it would make people go home 
<laughs> oh my god! You're like, get the fuck out! <laughs> like, what I, I love I'll... is that he describes this as not Holly and Jolly, and yet we have to find a way to make it Holly and Jolly. <laughs> so it, it, the 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 song. It's not Holly and Jolly. It's it's interesting though, and we'll make jokes about it. There's plenty of room. Um, but yeah, like every night that I worked, I would like ring the bell for last call, and I'd be like, "All right, everybody, got to get out in 15 minutes," and no one would listen. And then I'd put this song on, and everyone was like, "Okay, I am, I'm uncomfy. I'm going oh, home." He's serious. I'm uncomfortable. Uh, so the the main character of our story, uh, Lee Shelton was born in Texas in 1865, but he doesn't really stay in Texas for too long. Um, his childhood is not important. That's not why we're here. Um, so we're going to skip ahead in the story to when Lee jo- gets a job as a carriage driver in St. Louis. Um, and he doesn't really last that long as a carriage driver, and he quickly turns to pimping and gambling as a way to get some money, because as you so often the only do. way to go. The only way to go. It's, the only way. It's eighteen, like seventy something. Might as well start pimping and gambling. <laughs> um, what else was there to do? The internet wasn't. It was at least five years away. Well, I mean, your horse had the flu, so you might as well pimp, right? <laughs> exactly. That's so true. Um. So Lee gets his nickname. Save a horse. What was that? Save a horse. Ride a cowboy. Save a horse. Ride a cowboy. Um. Save yeah, a horse, a give it some medicine, please, for the fuck's sake. We need the horse. Or um, do some bloodletting, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Arsenic? Do arsenic about do it. Do arsenic about it. Uh, <laughs> Lee gets his nickname of Stack or Stag. There is conjecture as to which one it is. Um, and he gets this because he tended to do his business, or at least one theory is that he tended to do his business alone. He didn't really like working with other people, so he tended to work stag. The other version, which is Stackley, uh, is in reference to the Stackley Riverboat on where there was onboard prostitution that was legal. And that makes total sense given his chosen profession. Um, I mean, I guess if you're going to have a nickname, you might as well be named after a, you know... Steamboat with blackjack and hookers. Oh, like Steamboat Willie. Down there, Bender. <laughs> Steamboat <laughs> Willie. Hey, that's public domain now. It we can is make all public the jokes domain now. That is, yeah, so we we can say it however much we want. And uh, Disney can't do a fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. The name of our podcast. I was gonna <laughs> Steamboat say, Willie. That's a pretty cool name in general, right? Stagger Lee. Staggerly, you know, no yeah. No one's making 400 songs for Frightful Fred. You know? No, no. <laughs> Although now Frightful I think there's at least Fred. one song for Frightful Fred. He deserves it. <laughs> Justice for Frightful Fred. So I was kind of hoping with the name Staggerly that he was just like a raging alcoholic just staggered around, falling over. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that's not why he had the name, but yeah, he did drink quite <laughs> a lot. Story's not over, man. <laughs> Um, so, Staggerly is a not-your-run-of-the-mill pimp. Uh, in those days, he is with a group of pimps in St. Louis called the Max. And the Max were... I don't know how to say it other than, like, they had money and they liked to flaunt it. Like, the Max would dress to the nines at all times. The Max philosophy was 
They were a sight to behold, and they were going to make sure everyone in the city saw them. And Lee used the money that he got from pimping and gambling to like acquire a number of properties in the city because, hey, even back in 18-something, real estate, baby. And he kept his carriage business off on the side because he would like go pick up rich, affluent people and then bring them to the like downtown venues that he owned, which were considered like slumming it. And these rich, affluent pissheads would just spend a shit ton of money on booze and women, and he'd he'd keep everything. Uh, either way, Mr. Staggerly had quite a reputation for himself, um, and at one point he becomes the president of the 400 Club, which was a like like a men's group that uh, was founded to advance morals and physical culture. Oh, <laughs> what kind of physical culture? See, what kind of morals? <laughs> what kind of morals? What kind? Your president what kind, is what a kind? pimp. I mean, I guess, sure. Lawful, lawful good only makes sense if you know what your morals are. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it, the fact of it being to advance morals and physical culture seems a little bit in opposition of how we see Mr. Lee, but hey, I guess different strokes for different blokes and different times of history. Uh, that being said, that's all kind of the background of the actual event that we're about to talk about. And again, in on December 24th, um, the story goes that Billy Lyons, who was a friend of Mr. Lee uh, and Lee himself, were playing a card game in a saloon one evening. It is 1897. It's still, like, kind of Old Westy times, but not really. So keep that in mind. Um, and so they're playing cards, and the two men are drinking and playing, and the situation turns sour when Billy just absolutely cleans out Lee, and they get into a little bit of an altercation, and Lee accidentally crushes Billy's derby hat, which Billy didn't really like. I know, the gasp. Audible gasp. gasp. Uh, Audible gasp. And then Billy proceeds to grab Lee's Stetson hat right off of his head and demands the hat as some sort of comeuppance. And Lee says, go fuck yourself and get your damn hands off my hat. I give it back. And Billy does not give back the hat. And Lee... Then proceeds to pull out a rifle, a revolver, smack Billy upside the head it, with it, and shoot Billy in the stomach. Does anyone think that might have been an overreaction? I don't see yeah, how I, I, you I, could I, make yeah. that assessment. I like it, my hat. It, it might have been a slight overreaction to just be like, well, now I guess you're dead. Because they were friends, apparently, which is the part that throws me for a loop. I mean, I've had some issues with friends, but not... Smack someone with a forty-four and then shoot him in the gut kind of argument, you know? Okay, but like what if we what if we pretend the hat is like the newest iPhone that you just dropped two grand on and your friend like t is like, hey, can I see that? And they take it and then they throw it on the ground. I still wouldn't shoot him. <sighs> still I think wouldn't shoot him be more upset okay. over a hat than a phone. Listen, yeah. I just needed to know where we stood. I, was, I needed to know where we stood I, on the issue. No, it's <laughs> Some of us are just really looking forward to shooting their friends. Yeah, so I think it's, it's an important question, right? Like, 
how where's far the line? Would it, yeah, how far do you, would someone need to take you to before do you shoot like them that? in the stomach? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm just someone could for the like, piss on my shoes, and I okay. Like, we have we you know? we are we do have the benefit of having two lifelong friends in the chat. So like, Jake, Nate, <laughs> yeah, what's the level you what <laughs> what's the level you'd reach before <laughs> well, you shot okay. your no, friend in the little, gut? That's different. Or, okay, for you and me, yeah. what would it take for me to shoot? I don't know. I don't think I'd shoot you. <laughs> you'd feel so bad. <laughs> I don't know if you touched my hat, maybe. Maybe. Wow. Okay. Wow. So not not much of a difference. No. <laughs> Keep in mind though, we're from the Midwest. We're like from the Canada of the U.S. Oh. So. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So guns town. just just happen. <laughs> guns just happen. <laughs> just happen for you guys. So it's, it's actually one in your funny hand. because the the hat in the mythology of Stagger Lee becomes a very important thing. Um, later, uh, this is kind of skipping ahead a bit, but later on when it gets turned into a song, this whole event, it ends up getting blown out of proportion as much as this act was blown out of proportion. And the Stetson becomes a symbol of, like, Staggerly's, like, manliness and his, like, ephemeral being. Uh, And, like, there's mentions later on that it's, like... The idea that, like, he sold his soul to the devil and all of his power was in this Stetson hat. Like, it gets to be really weird, and the hat plays such a big role for no fucking reason. <laughs> um, Imagine being so, like, well-known in your community, though, that, like, when somebody <laughs> steps on your hat, like, an entire mythology springs up <laughs> around yeah. it. Oh, yeah. It's wild. Like, they get in a... Like, he shoots somebody because they ruined his hat, and everyone's like, that hat must be the devil. That hat must be the devil. (laughs) The only way it makes sense. It's just just wild to me. So, the night ends when, after shooting Billy, Lee picks up his hat, puts it on his head, and walks out the door without another word. And... Baller move. Just Baller. The, the closest thing you can get to walking away and not looking at an explosion that you can. Is picking up your hat and walking away after you just a shot a man. He's I the one who knocks. I am the danger. See, we're thinking two very different things because you're going full Heisenberg and my brain says, like, go dumb where it's just, I shot a kid. <laughs> Fucking oh. die hard. <laughs> I see. I see. <laughs> Two very different trains of thought. Um, and that is one version of the story and the one that kind of gets perpetrated in song. But the true, the, what is closer to the actual truth is the fact that it really boiled down to a political disagreement. Still not something you should shoot someone over, but... People have been doing it for years. People have been doing it for years. Except Um, Putin just pushes people out of windows, so. uh, Defenestration, Mm -hmm. the classic. Or or poisons them. Mm. Yeah. I don't know the the big fancy word for poisoning someone. Nate's a big fan of Putin. Oh, yeah? Nate loves Putin? (laughs) Tell him what pictures you like. I just think that it's cool for a a political figure to ride around shirtless on a horse. Oh, yeah. I think that it's a good idea. 
I. It is a great idea. Yes. Like honestly, I feel like every president should have to do that now. That's true. And we could make a calendar of them. <laughs> Boom. We're here for the presidential Boom. calendar. Oh my god, what We're a here great for the fucking presidential calendar, please. Go to we our just Patreon solved... for the Putin picks. <laughs> Patreon for the Putin picks. We just solved America's debt problem. We sell sexy horse pictures of presidents. That's the way to boost the economy. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Backbone of American I need economy. to. I need to get good at Photoshop because I'm going to do that now. <laughs> we He's also... He's good at Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which I think is funny because there was one... Okay. I saw, like, a, a meme video of him, like, up against a child, and he is just bodying the kid. <laughs> just throwing the kid around. I like, it's it's obviously a fake video, but it is so funny to see Putin, like, Putin doesn't just hurling a, a kid. Yeah. So, so anyways... Back you, have on to, uh, you have to assert dominance <laughs> over the children. Um, the story that is more accurate to the truth is that, yes, the two men had been drinking heavily that night and conversation was going back and forth. Uh, but instead of the argument being over a game of cards, uh, it was the fact that Billy was a very staunch Republican and Lee was a very heavy Democrat and... The conversation got political, and both of them were, like, politically involved with matters in the city, so it got nasty very quickly. Billy takes Lee's Stetson hat. That is still an accurate part of the story, and Lee still shoots Billy in the stomach. That's just how it's going to go, apparently, no matter which version of the story you get. Um, And Lee leaves the bar and is picked up by the police for murder, because... He murdered Because a someone. lot of people just witnessed him do a murder? Yeah. Um, and he's convicted of the crime in 1897, and he is sentenced to 25 years in prison. He only serves 13 of that, however, and he is paroled. Only to be imprisoned once okay. again two years after that for assault and robbery. Nice. All right. Is he like a D and D character? No. You're telling me that after 13 years he wasn't rehabilitated? I think they let him out early because the songs were so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Had to have been it. Had to have been. Yeah, that's true. Uh, They put on his hat and Satan told him to let him out. (laughs) Yeah, he put on the hat and Satan said, "Let my man free." Um, Imagine how good the songs will be. Just let him out. (laughs) Just let him go. I'm trying to do a thing here. Let me go. Let me go. I'm trying to do a thing. So Lee dies in 1912 uh, in the Missouri State Penitentiary Hospital from tuberculosis. Um, Mm. Man, it's like I can't get enough of dudes with tuberculosis and guns. Because I just did Doc Holliday. Yeah, you're on a kick of tuberculosis and guns. (laughs) I'll be a huckleberry. Now, the, the story is quick and basically summed up in two men have an argument, one guy steals a hat, he gets shot for it. Yeah. But it's... That's really how every story can boil down if you really yeah, think about much. it. <laughs> um, it's the hero's journey, if you will. <laughs> um, but the, the important <laughs> the part hero's journey. of this thing is that Lee rose to infamy. You guys were talking about how it's like crazy that... You know, he could be so well-known that songs would just spring up about him. But, like, I don't know if you realize how true that statement is because he rose to infamy almost overnight. 
He's convicted of the <gasps> murder in 1897. He was the first viral sensation. Yeah, Professor Charles Lee, the piano thumper, writes Stagger Lee in the same year, and it fucking blows up. Nice. It's overnight sensation, and the story in song form naturally gets blown out of proportion. As I said, like, there was one account where it's like, yeah, he sold his soul to the devil, and it was what gave him his power. There's, again, the emphasis on the Stetson hat. Um... There's one version of the song where Staggerly goes to hell and kicks the devil out of hell so he can rule hell himself. It gets wild. Either way, Staggerly or Stackerly becomes this icon for not taking any shit in that time. And while I can't speak about the implications of him being a man of color and how that like came to be an icon for that group of people I can speak about how it like was important for the culture that came after it and with like folk stories and folk songs coming from real live people and the legend of Staggerly lives on today because there have been numerous recordings of the song, numerous versions of the song. There were not one but two professional wrestlers who used the name in the ring. <laughs> yes. And there was a musical of Staggerly that was done in 2016. Fuck did yeah. Those, did those wrestlers wear like a hat up and pat? No, so they were all they were masked wrestlers. Um, oh, come on. What a missed opportunity. So they're, like, actually not small names either, which is wild. Like, one of them was um, Sylvester Ritter, who later became known as the Junkyard Dog, who is, like, a person who, like, is a more famous wrestler. So it's like, all right, well, people actually knew the name for a really long time. And again, like, I think it's wild that this thing that happened that was probably a 30-second incident... It's a 30-second murder turned into a... Into a, you know... A number of musicals, some songs... A (laughs) 100-plus-year thing that has gone on. I think that's wild. I think it's all in the name. Oh, it's a great name. It's a great name. Like... Again, for as graphic and weird as the song is from Nick Cave, like, it's so good. Like, that opening, there's, like, the opening line when he gets into the bar, and it's just, say, it's a plane to see, I'm the bad motherfucker called Stagger Lee. And you're like, yeah, all right, I'm into it. Gotta your head to that. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good song. It's real fucked up, but it's a really good song. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's the legend and the truthful bit of Mr. Staggerly. Um, Wonderful. So, before I have to cut you off, Matt, I'm actually going to be nice tonight. Um, yeah, you were nice last week, too. I was nice last... I'm getting better. Appreciate I'm getting better it. at being Appreciate nice. It. Love it. <laughs> but, yeah, so thank you, folks, for coming in and, excuse me, listening to our silly shenanigans here. Um, we're just about ready to wrap up. If you would like to be so oh so very kind please do um follow us on our socials you can find us at the underscore 
triumvirate underscore productions on Instagram. You can find us at the triumvirate productions on Facebook. Uh, and if you are so monetarily inclined, you can also join our Patreon. We have a $3, a $5, and a $10 level. That's patreon.com slash triumvirate productions. Um, there's a whole bunch of bonus things that happen on the Patreon, such as our After Dark segments and a little bit of a sneak peek into kind of things that go on behind the scenes, including we talked about it a little bit last week. We'll talk about it again this week. We started a Discord channel for people to talk about the show and kind of talk with us a little bit more. In a we more... haven't done any talking about the show, by the way. We've just yeah, been we've... like... We give out music music recommendations, recommendations, (laughs) book recommendations. We talk about how people are uh, living. Alex rubs it in my face that they're allowed to go to the woods and I'm not. So, (laughs) but yeah, so we we all like kind of our experimental. We're testing out the waters of stuff. If you're a Patreon member, you get to do that first. Um, But yeah, and then if you can't support us monetarily, again, I want to state this. This is important. If it's going to break your bank to give us five dollars a month don't do it anyways no don't listen to matt don't do it (laughs) don't hurt yourself over five dollars a month it's we appreciate it it's a nice gesture but pay your bills those are important those are more important um but yeah and if you can't help us monetarily we absolutely understand that you can also give us a rating and review on itunes or apple podcasts not iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and share us with a friend. Um, Yeah. And once again, we'd also really like to thank uh, our two new friends over at Historical Blenders that were able to join us tonight. Um, If you guys want to let us know where they can find you, that would be fantastic. Uh, Yeah. We're really... I'm shitting the bed here. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Look, when, I, when we first started doing the outro, I was like, uh, eh, uh, eh, ha, um, ha. Uh, you can find our show on all the streaming platforms. Uh, Amazon, po- Amazon uh, Music, Audible, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts. That's a thing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have all of our different socials. We got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we do do TikTok every now and then. Uh, and your historical YouTube blunders on all that. Yep, historical blunders pod, historical blunders podcast. All nice. of it. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you both for coming on tonight too. It was really fun to have you guys here with us. Oh, thanks for having us. It's been yeah. Thanks a lot for of having fun. us. Yeah, we love the show. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks. For saying that you love hey, us. <laughs> we love you so much. Historical Blunders Podcast supports What the Fuck History. Go yeah. listen. By the way, can we know where you live? Huh. No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> and if you show up at my house, I will call the cops. I love you. <laughs> or, or I might just shoot you in the gut and have a legend <laughs> written about Make me. Make sure you take his hat first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then I'll bulldoze the town. Um... <laughs> So the last time we had uh, guests on this podcast, we had them say the outro, which was hilarious because they (laughs) were recording from different rooms. You guys might have an advantage because you're in in the same room. Uh, We just (laughs) we just end the podcast by uh, me saying what the fuck history and you guys you guys can take it away.
what the fuck history? Is that what you want? Yeah, exa- it's exactly like that. Yeah. Except, except the what both the of you are history? supposed to do it. What the fuck history? Oh, calm down, man. Too much? There we- <laughs> Perfect. He's angry at history. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.